Do you love science fiction and fantasy books? You found yourself in the right dimension. Welcome to the greatest podcast in the multiverse, where each week I talk to science fiction and fantasy authors about myth, magic, and the infinite possibilities of storytelling. I am your host, Herman Stuernagel, and I will be taking you on a journey with some of your favorite authors, helping you to get to know them and possibly uncover some new literary gems along the way. Ready to explore? Because on this show, every conversation is a doorway into a different world. Well, hello, and welcome to the third episode of The Greatest Podcast in the Multiverse. I'm happy to have you here today. It is the week of August the 8th, and what a week it has been. Um, I have finally finished the self-edits for my book, Resurgence. If you don't know, I have a science fiction series out currently called Fractured Orbit. Book one is Eclipse. It is the book that is over here. And yeah, book three, I've been working on this book for a long time. It started out as book two. Book two kind of carried into book three. So I wrote book two and book three at once. And it has been a process editing both of them. I have been trying to get this book to my editor for the last two months. And I ended up having to do a number of rewrites for it. Uh, Because one of the point of views just wasn't working the way I wanted it to. I I learned some things as I got to the end of the book. And I went back and I rewrote uh, seven or eight chapters, reworked a lot of material. And I think it's better for it. So that is off to the editor now, though. So I am really happy about that. And I'm going to be taking a week or two here just to kind of chill on the writing front, get some reading done. I've got a lot of books in my to-be-read pile that I have to get to. So that's what I've been up to this week. For myself as well, I will be at the Kelowna Comic Con on August 19th and 20th. That's in Kelowna, British Columbia. I'll have a table there. I'll be signing my books and just meeting readers and other people attending the conference. So if you do happen to be in Kelowna that weekend, stop on by, say hello. I'd love to see you there, sign a book for you and uh, get to know you and know who's listening to the show. Today, my guest is Cindy Gunderson. I met Cindy in a conference in Vegas, like a few of my other guests. I met her there last year. We were at a writing convention together, and we both helped out with the AV team. Uh, Cindy is a wonderful person, um, and we had a great interview. So today, I'm continuing my subgenre series, and Cindy is a fantasy romance author. We talk about how fantasy romance is different than romantic fantasy. We talk about the tropes that readers are expecting in fantasy romance and romantic fantasy. And of course, we talk about her writing process. Uh, We also talk about her latest book, The Blessing Giver. Uh, Since we recorded this interview, she's released the second book in that series, and that is called The Herbalist. So do check that out. Even if you're not a romantic fantasy fan, I really enjoyed The Blessing Giver. It had the world-building elements of a fantasy book, and it still really pulled me in, even though the main plot of the book was the romance. Uh, Please check it out. In audiobook format, she does record her own audiobooks, and they are available on YouTube. So if you search for Cindy Gunderson, The Blessing Giver, it'll pop up on YouTube, and you'll be able to listen to it there. She does a wonderful job of narrating, and we talk a little bit about that in the interview as well. I hope that you enjoy my talk with Cindy. I will read her bio and then we'll get on with the interview. Cindy Gunderson is a voice actress and award-winning author. Since she has commitment issues, she writes both sci-fi and fantasy romance, as well as contemporary romance and women's fiction under the pen name 
Cynthia Gunderson. When she's not typing away in a quiet corner of her local library, you can find her traveling with her family, narrating audiobooks, or happily digging in her garden. She loves acting and performing, beating her kids in card games, and playing ultimate frisbee with her handsome husband, Scott. Cindy grew up in Alberta, Canada, but has lived most of her adult life between California and Colorado. She currently resides in the Denver metro area. Cindy holds a Bachelor of Science in Psychology from Bergen Young University. Cindy's first novel, Tier One, was awarded first place in science fiction at the 2021 Sipa Evie Awards, and her women's fiction novel, Yes And, was honored with the Indie Author Project's first place prize for adult fiction in the state of Colorado in 2023. So welcome to the greatest podcast in the multiverse. I am your host, Herman Stuernagel, and I am to, to, here today with Cindy Gunderson. I met Cindy in a conference in Las Vegas last year, and uh, we've kind of been keeping in touch through social media ever since. I am super happy to have her here. Um, Cindy writes in a wide variety of genres that I'm going to get her to talk about today. And I'm <laughs> really excited to have you here, Cindy. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. This is so awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm glad we can make it work today. Um, first, I'd like to know a little bit more about your writing journey. I don't think we've talked about this too much off, off camera. So I'd love to know a yeah. bit about your writing journey and what's brought you to this point in your career. Yeah, absolutely. I know when we met in Vegas, we were mostly worried about like the the task at hand, right? The that's job right. that we were doing, <laughs> we were that's volunteering. Right. Yeah, that's right. We were both working on the AV team for the conference. So yeah. uh, we got a chance to talk there, but it was all business. <laughs> yep, that's exactly right. Yeah, no, I, um, I started writing about four years ago. So I published okay. my first book in 2019, which is kind of funny because it was like a genetic you know, genetic selection, sci-fi, post-apocalyptic. And guess what hit in January of 2020, right? right <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, post-pandemic sci-fi, maybe not the best option in 2020. Um, but no, I I have always loved storytelling. So from the time I was a little kid, like I remember sitting out in a freezing Canadian winter, uh, writing Christmas stories about kittens with my friends at recess, you know, like we just, I always love telling stories, but it never once occurred to me to be a writer. So typically my storytelling came through like acting and music and okay. performing and stuff. And then, yeah, then all of a sudden I just had an idea that I couldn't get out of my head. And my husband was like, I don't know, maybe you should try writing it down. And I'm like, awesome. I might be terrible at it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay, right? You got to start somewhere. So that's how it started. And then I just fell in love with it. That's fantastic. Yeah, mm -hmm. I definitely hear you about the, uh, the dystopian vibe post-pandemic. Because, yes. you know, my first book. Well, most my, most of my books are, you know, dystopian, apocalyptic. And my first yeah. book came out in 2020 as well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it wasn't really the <laughs> the market yeah. peak for that kind of literature. Not ideal. Time, right? People yeah. people wanted light and fluffy. And yes. that was not what I was offering. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. You know, well, that's interesting because you hear a lot of writers to, you know, talk about how they've been writing ever since they were in grade school and that sort of thing. So that you started, you know, re fairly recently. That's exciting to yeah. hear. And um you know, I've, I've read a couple of your books and I mean, I think they're fantastic. So uh, oh, we'll, talk, we'll talk a little bit more too about that as we yeah. get going. But, you know, Absolutely. so what, you know, you, you said you had this story in your head, um, but obviously you got that story out and you kept going. So what's, you know, what's kind yes. of been your motivation since then? 
Honestly, I think it, it like, I think there was something inside of me creatively that needed to get out and, and I didn't really realize it until I started writing. And then I was like, oh, this is what I've been missing, right? Awesome. Like yeah. I was looking for it in all these other places. I was renovating my house. I was like building a big garden. I was doing theater, community theater, you know, like all right. these different things. And it was never quite satiating that. And then as soon as I started writing, it was like, oh yeah, this is it. Like this, this is what I've been needing. And my husband is like, this is awesome. We don't have to do any more house projects. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done one since I started writing. Wow. Isn't that so yeah. funny? Right. That is, that's hilarious. So yeah. you just open the floodgates eh? and just let the, uh, yeah. let the views out. That's exactly right. And I think yeah. for me, it's like a mixture of like getting rid of that, you know, giving an outlet for that creativity, but then also like I have four kids, you know, and, and I feel like it was just something for me. Like it was, it was something where I could expand and grow and progress, um, intellectually where I hadn't really been doing that for the last 10 years. So okay. it, it felt really good. Fantastic. So it got, it gave you a little bit of time to, you know, kind of explore that part of yourself. That's yes. fantastic. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wonderful. So what is your, what's your daily writing process look like? How do you come up with your stories? What, you know, what is a day in the life of an author look like for you? Yeah, I think it's still in evolution. I'm sure that's how you feel too, right? Yes. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, and I hope that it will stay that way because I think the more that we learn and we grow, then our process changes a little bit. So I started out writing only at night because I still had little kids. And so I was doing stuff during the day and then my husband would come home and he would like switch off, you know, and then I would, I would get some time to write at night. And now my kids are older. I am able to do it during the day. We, we've homeschooled forever as well. And so I didn't even have that time, right? Like I didn't even have time during the day with them at school. So now what I, what it typically looks like is I get up, I do some of my like, um, I'll, I'll kind of do some like plotting or refining, like trying to get my schedule ready for the day of the things that I need to do. I started using a project management software and that has really helped because I can keep track of everything. Um, so I'll kind of do that first thing in the morning and then spend time with family, especially right now during summer. And then we'll have lunch. And then I typically write in the afternoon. Um, okay. so I'll write in the afternoon and then some nights I'll still have stuff that I need to do, but I kind of break it up into those, into those little chunks. And That's and then right. some days I'm working mostly on just like marketing and admin stuff and, and all of that, that we have to fit in somewhere too, right? That's, that's right. All the, all the, all those author things that you didn't realize were author things. Yes. Before you exactly. started writing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and the goal is always to like minimize those things so that I can spend more time writing um, but I think I'm figuring out, like I hired an assistant this year, so that's been amazing. Um, she helps me with my newsletter and, you know, different things like that. Perfect. And then just finding different tools that help with that so that I can spend more time doing what I love. Yeah, that's great. That's great that you, yeah, take away some of those things that you don't want to be spending your time on. Yes. That's great. Yes, awesome. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, so when you, when you're creating your works, are you a plotter? Do you outline your stories before you put them together? Yeah. So it's interesting because I started out as not a plotter at okay. all. And I, and I think that's, you know, I don't, did you have like formal education in writing or no? Um, I, so I have a bachelor of arts degree in English. Okay. Um, it all wasn't, right. I only took like one creative writing course as part of that, but um, okay. tech, so kind of, yeah. Okay. But. You had a little bit of history. I had like 
nothing, zero. So I, I took creative writing classes because I thought they were really fun. Yeah. Um, I did stuff like that in college, but my degree was science-based, you know? So I, I had no idea. And, and for better or worse, my personality is like, I'm just going to jump in and do it. And so you make a lot of mistakes that way, right? Right, But it also gets the stuff done. So that's nice. That's right. That's right. Um, And that's the best way to learn sometimes too, because I'll do, you know, I'll do the same thing. I'll kind of just jump head first and realize later, okay, here's what I maybe should have done differently, but yes, but you wouldn't have learned those lessons, you know, otherwise. Right. So yes, exactly. (laughs) So that's kind of what I did is I like, I jumped in and and I'm a huge reader. So at least I had a feel for it. Like I, I kind of knew what I wanted to write. However, most of the books that I had read when I started writing was either sci-fi uh, epic fantasy or like literary fiction and women's fiction. Like those were, those were the things I had read. And so they weren't always super plot based. Like if you read epic fantasy, sometimes it takes 400 pages for something to yes. happen. Right. Yeah. And, um, and same with literary fiction, you can read a whole book and there's not really any plot. So, um, so that's where I really struggled when I first started writing is I was not very plot driven. I was very character driven, um, which was good, but it made for some really slow beginnings. (laughs) (laughs) So that was one thing I realized after I wrote those first like four or five books, I was like, I need to figure out how to plot and how to do this. So now, now I actually love plotting and that's one of my favorite things, but yeah, I've done it both ways. Yeah, my, you know, my process does tend to vary between books as well. So it's, you know, sometimes it's a matter of what the book wants to. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm getting more patient with that because sometimes I just want it to be done. And, (laughs) and I'm like, maybe I should take more time and just let it be what it's going to be. Right. That's right. Yeah. Wonderful. So you do have a fair number of books under your belt at this point. um, Mm -hmm. And you do what a lot of author suggests that you shouldn't do and, and that's right yes. you, you write in a fair number of genres um yeah so do you want to talk a little bit i guess about the genres that you do have books out in and how did you decide to kind of how do you decide what to write next and how did you decide you know the path yeah. that you've taken to this point yeah well i think again this was like a, a symptom of me not knowing what i was doing right so i jumped in and i'm like i'm just gonna write whatever i feel like writing and didn't really hone in on the business side of it until after I had written five books. So I had written my first sci-fi trilogy, which is like, it's sci-fi, but it's actually kind of women's fiction. Mm, you know, okay. it's like, it's a sci-fi trilogy. It's eugenics. Um, but it's definitely about the growth of these characters as opposed yeah. to being a really traditional sci-fi. Um, and then I wrote a couple of standalone novels that were women's fiction as well. And then I started getting connected with the author community and realized, oh, this was probably a terrible mistake. (laughs) So so I'm like, if I actually want to be serious about this and have a business, like I'm going to have to make some decisions here and figure out what to do. But there are a couple things that I think um, affected those decisions. One, I am in a position where I don't have to support my family on my income. Okay. So that is a huge benefit creatively because I know I have some friends that are authors that like, if they don't sell their books, they literally aren't paying their bills. Right. Right. And so I want to put that out there because if you're in that situation, you're probably going to have to be a lot more careful about writing to market and making sure that you're making the money that you want to make. For me, I was able to look at that and say, okay, it's all right. If I'm not making money, 
I can, I can kind of work with these things a little bit and get there someday. I had a little bit more time okay. um, to work on that. So that was the first thing. And then the second thing was like, these are just stories that I, I am really interested in and that I want to write. And so instead of making the decision to trash all of those things and only do what was working, you know, there are so many creatives that did what wasn't working and it ended up being this monumental, amazing thing. That's right. So I don't want to shut that down either. Right. So I, I think learning about the business, I decided, okay, I am going to be smarter about how I market this. Like, for example, I have two pen names now instead okay. of having it all under the same pen name. Right. Yeah. Um, so marketing those things differently, having two different newsletters, you know, two different social media pages, that type of thing. Um, but then also just being open to doing it differently because sometimes that's where, that's where the best magic happens. Right. Right. That's right. Yeah. And it's good. You know, you know, you need to do that to a degree to keep yourself motivated as mm -hmm. well. Right. If you, especially as you're testing the waters, it's good to kind of write what you're interested in at the time and what's speaking to you. Yep, exactly. Well, and I would say now the way that I make my decisions for what I'm going to write next is a mixture of those two things. It's like, okay, if I have these 50 ideas of what I want to write, but this genre is really doing well right now, well, then I'm going to start with that, right? That's right. Yeah. And yeah. that's probably a great, a great way to approach it. Yeah. Yeah. It's been fun. Awesome. So your latest book that just released as we're recording this, The Blessing Giver, mm -hmm. um, I've seen that you've been marketing it as a, as a romanticy and this is kind of, yes. it's, it's a new term for me. I've only mm -hmm. seen it kind of on TikTok land in the last, you know, yes. recently. So my assumption is that it's the same as a fantasy romance novel, but, um, but from your perspective, what, what does that genre mean? And you know, is it the same thing or is it, does it differ in some ways? Yeah, no, it absolutely is. And it's so funny because I have also had an education on this topic because there's fantasy romance and then there's romantic fantasy and they're two different things. So fantasy romance is when it is all about the romance. So you're going to be hitting romance beats throughout the story as opposed to the fantasy epic, you know, whatever. And romantic fantasy is where it's all about the fantasy, but then you've got a romantic subplot. So um, I've had people call my book both. So I'm not sure, you know, I think some people would consider it for sure a fantasy romance because, and, and that's how I wrote it, was that it was, you know, fully about the romantic line there. However, in the fantasy romance genre, I would say like, I mean, I'm just pulling this number out of my butt here, but like 80% of romantic, like fantasy romance books are pretty spicy and explicit, meaning that they have open door sex scenes and there's a lot. And so... The reason why some people have been calling this book romantic fantasy instead of fantasy romance is because mine are closed door. And so they feel like it's more about the fantasy world, about the growth of the character, as opposed to that part of the romance. Whereas for me, I view the romance as more than just the open door scenes. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I did listen to your audiobook um, yeah. this week. Um, and, I, and I did, I really enjoyed it. And oh, I'm, I'm not, so I'm not a fantasy, I'm not a romance reader. I'm a fantasy reader. I'm not, mm -hmm. a, you know, a typical. It, it definitely leans heavier on the romance side than I would yeah. normally. <laughs> yeah, to. for sure. But, you know, you did include, you know, enough of the fantasy world to kind of keep that fantasy um, interest in, yeah. you know, for me, for me to go. It wasn't just a, totally. a straight romance novel. Totally. So, you know, even for readers who maybe don't typically check out the romance side of it, it definitely, I think, appeals to those readers as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. That's my hope. I yeah, hope definitely. so. Okay. Yeah. 
So that's interesting, you know, as well that you talk about the, you know, the open or closed door romance. And that's, you know, something I wouldn't have realized either. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've learned a ton as I've released this because, you know, I, I, and I was nervous about it too, because I did read a whole bunch of fantasy romance before I actually put this book out because I'd read a ton of fantasy, but not as much in the fantasy romance genre. And so I read a ton and like, yeah, I mean, 80% of the books that I was reading, they were, they were pretty explicit. Okay. Um, and, and I debated it. I'm like, is this what I want to write? And for me, that's just not what I want to write. And so for yeah. me, I felt better about, um, you know, having it be a, a lot of tension and a lot of steam, but having that piece be closed door. So, uh, yeah, okay. but it was interesting when I, when I put the book out there, I was like, okay, are these readers who are used to this type of material, are they going to be disappointed with this book? Okay. Like, is yeah. this actually going to meet genre expectations? Right. I don't right. know if it's going to. And okay. I, I sent out book boxes to a bunch of TikTokers and they all really enjoyed the book yeah. and they all kind of, the ones that were used to the typical fantasy romance genre, they were the ones that were like, I would say this is more romantic fantasy. Oh, interesting. Um, or people that are interested in YA, right? Um, and so they kind of they kind of put it out that way, but they all gave it like four or five stars. So I think it still appealed to that genre. It just maybe wasn't, you know, again, like exactly what they Quite were what they're expecting from the subgenre. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. And I, I am having a conversation with EA Winters about queen fantasy and we're going to yes. have a lot more. So I know that you two are, you know, have connected as well. Yeah. So I'm sure there's, you know, you've had some discussion. I know, you know, because there totally. is a market for clean fantasy. Yes, yeah. there totally is. And I'm hoping that there's a market for clean fantasy romance. You know, because, and and I would say that mine is, I mean, you've listened to it. So it's definitely steamier than YA. Like I wouldn't put it in YA. No, no. I I wouldn't put it there. (laughs) But, you know, for people that are reading stuff that's way off the chart spicy, it probably seems that way. That's right. Yeah, fair enough. So now was this your, this is obviously your first published, you know, romanticy novel. Was it, this was kind of your first dip in the water for this genre as well? Yep, Um, my very first. (laughs) So what kind of, you know, what authors um, kind of inspired you to, to go in this direction? Who are some of your favorite um, romanticy authors? Yeah. So it's super interesting because, as I said, I mean, I read a whole bunch of this genre. And um, I, of course, read A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Maas, uh, that, that series, um, at least the first three books. And I loved her world building. Absolutely loved her world building. And... I also loved, so it's interesting because again, when you look at the romance genre, that's typically um, cataloged as like happily ever after, right? That that when you're reading a romance, you have to at the end have the couple be happily together. And she didn't do that in her oh, series. Really? Interesting. Yeah, the first I book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, sorry. This is kind of spoilers. <laughs> spoilers right? alert. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it does eventually get there, but not in the first book. And okay. so it's really interesting because she kind of broke some of those rules within the genre. And, and that I think is super cool. So, you know, people have mixed opinions on those books, but I was really inspired by the world building and the fact that she was willing to take some risks. So it was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that kind of, you know, leads nicely into one of the questions I wanted to ask you was about the world in your series, in your mm-hmm. book, because, you know, you did build build quite an elaborate world as far as, you know, politics and religion and expectations go. Um, Can you tell us a little, without getting too much into spoiler territory, can you tell us a little bit more about the world of uh, The Blessing Giver? Yeah, for sure. So 
I didn't really realize, like this was an idea that came to me actually in Vegas when we were at our conference. It was okay. an idea that kind of spurred when I was sitting in classes. And I didn't realize until about halfway through the book that this was a book about faith. And I like, I was like, how did I not realize this, you know, until I was yeah. writing it half, you know, halfway through. But I think like I've grown up in a faith community and as my kids have gotten older, we've just had so many discussions about like how you make decisions, who you become and like widening your horizons past the don't do this and do this type of mentality. And so I think for me, writing this world was kind of exploring this idea of rigidity versus expansion. So the world is based on, you know, these rigid ideas of how, um, what is good, what is bad. It's very service oriented. These, it's bloodline magic. And so these people have, you know, that are part of the bloodlines have special gifts that they are supposed to use to serve the rest of their realm. And yet the, the rules that they use those gifts within are really rigid. And so the first book, you know, first chapter, you see that the, a rule is broken. And, and then what do they do with that, right? Do they follow the rules or are there reasons to not follow the rules? Right. Yeah. And you really get into um, the main character, Raelle. That's yep. Her, that's right. Um, yeah. So you really get into her uh, questioning what she's always been taught. And, yeah. you know, trying to have to discover what, you know, what, yeah. you know, has really been happening around her. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's something we all go through, right? Like, as, even now as, you know, a 40-year-old, it's like, you're still kind of breaking down those things that culture or family or whatever have taught you and and making new decisions about the world. And so I hope that it's something that's really relatable, Um yeah. I, and it was really fun to write. It was really fun characters to write. Yeah. You know, well, you know, I definitely found it relatable for me, even, you know, um, I grew up in small town, Alberta. Yeah, Canada, me too. Here, right. So, yeah. you know, when you kind of leave what you've grown up and been taught all your life and you realize, you know, no, things are outside of that scope yep. of reality, um, yep. it can be, you know, it can definitely bring you to a crisis point and you yes. have to really discover for yourself where things are at. Yes. Yeah. And I think, I don't know if you've read any of Glennon Doyle's stuff, but she has a book untamed. Have you ever read that? I haven't. I loved so many things about that book, but one of the things she talks about in that book is like trusting our own hearts, like trusting our okay. own knowing. And I think that there are so many people that don't trust that. Like they want the world to tell them what to do. They want research. They want, you know, I, ideas from the outward world to determine what is right for them or how they should live. And, and so that was another, you know, exploration in this book is like, what if we started to trust ourselves a little bit more and trust that we, we know, we know what is going to be good for us. Right. Even if it doesn't make sense all the time. Yeah. And being willing to, to question a bit and, you know, discover those yeah. things for ourselves. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, yeah. So, you know, I'm jumping around a little bit here. Oh, um, that's good. <laughs> I love um, it. So did you have, did you have inspiration, you know, for that particular theme? Because I think it is a really big, big theme within the book. Um, yeah. And I know you talked about kind of dwelling or coming from your personal life a little bit. Um, but was mm -hmm. there something more, I guess, intentional as you realized, you know, at that halfway point that you talked about writing? That, yeah. you know, bringing that into, into the story. 
I think for me, it was something, again, that I needed to explore that I didn't quite realize until I had written it. So like in my head, while I was sitting at that conference, the idea came on the day of your birth, you receive two blessings and a curse. Like that came into my head and I was like, I love this. Where is this going? You know? And then I kind of fleshed it out and explored it. But about halfway through, like for the last three years, um, someone really close to us has struggled intensely with addiction. Okay. And um, that is something that, you know, my husband and I have both been really health conscious and, um, and this is someone that we really care about. And so I think part of this book came from this war within myself of like, A, how do I help someone? But like, maybe this looks different than I've always viewed it because coming right. from a very like health conscious family, I've always viewed that as like, well, this is just terrible. And people mm -hmm. who make these choices with drugs or alcohol, like that's just a poor decision, you know, like kind of just a very rigid idea of what this means. And as we had this experience, I'm like, oh, this is very different than what I expected. And um, it can be both, right? Like it can be a struggle and, and something that actually ends up being a blessing, and so we have like grown as a family, we have grown as individuals through this whole process. Um, and so I think for me, it was like some of the things that I viewed as totally negative in the world, I've now seen as like, oh, but really beautiful things can come out of this. Like beautiful things can come out of struggle. Beautiful relationships can be built out of struggle. And so I think that really is kind of subconsciously what was happening in my head. And I just okay. didn't really realize it until I was halfway through the book. <laughs> I think that did come through in the book too, where, you know, you're approaching a situation that you've always been taught one thing about, and then yep. realizing that on the other side of that, it's not at all what you've yeah. been led to believe, right? Totally so, different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, so how did you balance that? Um, how did you balance between romance and fantasy within the book? Because I do think you did a good job with it. And you talked about it a little bit already. But was there, yeah. you know, how did you approach it? And how did you ex expand on that? Yeah, on those two concepts? For sure. So I, um, this is where that plotting comes in, because something that I didn't do a lot of before. So I was really impressed by something that John Truby said in a class that I attended, um, where he was taught, he has a book called The Anatomy of Genre. And he talks about using multiple genres within your books to create more powerful storylines, right? Mm -hmm. And I have his book, love the book. And, and I think it's going to take me many, many books and many years to actually get really good at doing this. But this was my first series where I tried to implement some of those strategies. So okay. instead of just kind of letting it be fully character driven, what I did is I, I looked at, you know, some of the beats for what makes a really great romance story, some of the beats for what makes a really great fantasy or hero's journey, um, and then also for action and adventure. So I kind of took those three genres and, and layered, you know, he talks about kind of choosing one genre and then like layering beats underneath it to try and amp up the impact of those moments. And so that's what I did with this book. And I, I don't know if I executed it perfectly, but like, it really helped me in terms of forwarding the plot. Yeah, I think you did a good job. And I definitely noticed that, you know, as I was listening, I'm like, man, there's such a 
rich deep fantasy world here mm-hmm. layered within within the romance so yes. um i definitely wanted to make sure i asked you that because um, yeah you know you did layer it well i it definitely was good you know, I thought, <laughs> oh <laughs> I that wondering. makes me so happy thank you <laughs> you're very welcome what can your readers expect from you going forward what's next what's what do you have planned next that is the question isn't it because i'm always like i don't know <laughs> Um, so this series will, will be finished this fall. Um, okay. each of the books is coming out about six weeks apart. So book two is coming out the beginning of August. Mm-hmm. So for sure that if the series does really well, I am planning to do two more books. So nice. having it be a six book series and okay. the main arc of the story will happen over the four books, but then I have two stories that would come in as like 2.5 and 3.5. Right. Okay. Nice. So those are there. If, if people end up loving the series and, and it's worth, you know, putting the effort into building those two books, I will absolutely do it. Um, but after this, I'm actually going to go and put out some more books within my um, women's fiction contemporary romance pending. Okay. So nice. I have one book coming out that's like a second in series for my romance, contemporary romance. It's called Love mm-hmm. and Audio. And that one is getting close to being finished. And then I'm actually doing a Canadian hockey romance series. Oh, really? That's going Interesting. To come out. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's going to be, again, it's going to be closed door, like, which is bucking romance, like bucking the genre expectations. Cause a lot of those, a lot of those hockey romances are open door. Um, but I just can't get this idea out of my head and it feels so fun. I just have this team in my head that I have to write yeah. about. So that's awesome. Well, you've <laughs> got to, you've got to go where the muse takes you sometimes. You've got to get yeah. those ideas down. I definitely understand yeah <laughs> absolutely and then for sure i'll be doing another fantasy romance like for sure i have loved it so much so i think i'm just gonna divert a little bit and let the series finish out and then figure out what's what i'm gonna do in fantasy excellent excellent mm-hmm. all right well this is the greatest podcast in the multiverse can you tell me uh, about what another version of yourself is doing in another dimension And this can be either based on a choice that maybe would have turned out differently for you or something completely wild and unimaginable. Okay. Okay. I, I have to say this is, this is like an image of myself that I see quite often actually, where I am living in like Southern Colorado, uh, working at a cafe, like being a beekeeper, growing organic food and like, going out on the water every day. Like, I I don't know what it is. It's like a hippie lifestyle. Yeah. Like, I think in another universe, that is me. Like a a hippie soul. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Just like living this like very free, like untethered life. (laughs) That's so much fun. That's so much fun. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's definitely an appeal to that. And I think all of us, you know, had had chosen things differently. That's definitely a lifestyle we could have went down. Yeah. Yeah, it's there's something so appealing to it for sure, like you said. And I wouldn't choose it because yeah. I think that I I really enjoy the progression and the relationships and everything that I have in my life. Mm-hmm. However, for a weekend, like I would go and live that life, right? Right. So. Yeah, yeah. So there's probably some <laughs> version of you that got enamored with that. And went, yes, went exactly. That yep, exactly. Wonderful. What's yours? Oh. I want to know what yours is. Oh, now you're putting me on the spot. Uh-huh. Uh, that's a, you know, that is a great question. There is, I mean, there are so many things that I considered doing in my quest for trying to find what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, 
So there's probably a version of me out there that is paleontologist. That's one I think uh-huh. about often. When I was, yes. you know, if I pursued my childhood dream, that would have been the route I would have went. Because uh-huh. you know, I was. Did you? Work. Did you go to the Royal Tyrell Museum in Drumheller? Because that oh, was like course. my most favorite thing. Of okay. Course, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so I grew awesome. up loving dinosaurs and that sort of thing, and it was just one of those dreams that faded. But I'm sure there's yeah. some version of Herman out there that never fell out of love with dinosaurs. Yeah. So, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, thank you for asking. Uh-huh. Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you. That's kind of we're coming to the end of our time yeah. here. So thank you very much for joining me. Yeah. Um, can you let us know where people can find you and how they can get your books? Absolutely. So if you search Cindy Gunderson, it'll come up. You can just type that into your search bar. But you can go to cindygunderson.com. I have discounted audiobooks on that website. So if you don't want to use your Audible credit, you can go and buy it for $4.99 there. And I'm actually putting out some bundles as well that'll be really discounted. Um, and then I also have audiobooks available on YouTube. So if you go to Cindy Gunderson, just at Cindy Gunderson um, on YouTube, you can find all of my stuff there. And then I have TikTok, you know, at Cindy G. Writes. Cynthia G. Writes is my women's fiction and romance pen name. So if you're buying on Amazon or Barnes and Noble, if you look under Cindy Gunderson, you'll find my sci-fi and fantasy. And if you look under Cynthia Gunderson, you'll find my contemporary romance and women's fiction. Excellent. Well, I'll make sure to include all of those links in the show notes later. Awesome. Um, but you did touch on something that I didn't get to ask you about. So yeah. don't mind real quick. You of rec- course. You, you record your own audiobooks, which I think is fantastic. There are so few authors that do that. Uh, yeah. Do you what do you have formal voice training? Is that something that you've done before, or is it just something that you thought would be fun, so you gave it a shot? Because you you definitely have the voice for it. it you know, oh, it's, thanks. Um, they're really well executed. So if you could just you. maybe give us a quick yeah, like, tell people about sure. your audiobooks and your recording. Yeah, for sure. So like I said, I mean, before I was writing, I was doing a lot of acting. Um, and so I have had a lot of experience with acting and training with acting. Like we've done some commercial work here in Colorado and a lot of theater. So I, but, but like voice acting on, you know, an audiobook is totally different. So I had the acting piece, but I really had to work on, for example, keeping my volume at a steady level, okay. um, pacing, because you have to read at a, a little bit of a slower speed, but you just want it to be really consistent throughout the whole book. So that took a lot of practice. So if you go, if you go to my first audiobooks and then versus the ones now, like the ones now are way better. <laughs> than, than <laughs> like all things that get better with practice. Yeah. Right? So yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. But I have always loved doing accents and imitations and things like that. So that part has been really fun for me. Um, But we built a little recording studio in uh, our garage, actually, in our outbuilding. And so it's really quiet. I have like audio blankets and stuff and I go out there and and I record and it's super fun for me. For for a moment in time, I was like, maybe I should stop writing and just create audiobooks because I love it so much. But then I decided I couldn't actually do that. So now I just do both. But this last year, I did record for other authors. I did some audiobooks for other authors. And that was a really unique experience, too, to read not my own writing. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and I've caught you a couple times on TikTok doing live live readings yep. of your audiobooks. So um, mm-hmm. if anyone's interested, definitely check out Cindy's TikToks and um, make sure you check out some of her readings if you're interested in in her case. Yeah. And like, and as she mentioned on, on YouTube, they're available yes, as well. So, absolutely. Yeah. And I'll be doing a whole bunch more like 
end of July, I'm going to be recording the last two weeks of July. I'll be on live a ton because I'm going to be recording the next in the Blessing Giver series. So Excellent. All right. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thank you once again. It was great to have you. Yeah. Thank you, Herman. I am so glad that we got to connect again after Vegas. So fun. I'm glad. I'm glad as well. <laughs> thank you once again for being here and we will chat with you soon. Sounds great. Bye. Thank you for joining me. I hope you enjoyed this episode and my conversation with Cindy Gunderson. I hope you got something out of that episode. I know that I did. And join me next week when I talk to science fiction author Jonathan Navarre. Jonathan writes science fiction thrillers, and we talk about the subgenre of spy-fi. It's a fun conversation. You're going to love it. I had a great time with Jonathan, and we really went into some of the more interesting facts about his background and what has inspired him to write. Uh, So stay tuned for that. I hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Bye now. Thank you for joining me. If you enjoyed the show, like and subscribe on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Greatest Podcast in the Multiverse. As well, you can help support the show by supporting me on Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you can get early access to the show as well as submit your questions for my upcoming guests. I hope to see you next time. Bye now.